Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Last week on the Glass Cannon Podcast. Blood starts to drip. Blood. Drop, drop. Drop, drop, and then a steady stream of blood as the rain has washed over the dead bodies of Nestor and the Akorsh. As the party came to grips with the death of an ally. Nestor, for all his ways, was invaluable when it came to felling giant creatures. I worry about our ability to stand up to them now. A tactical retreat seemed the only solution. Perhaps this fight is beyond our capabilities. It would be best to leave the castle now and mount a defense amongst the small folk. Gather our armies and prepare to meet Volstice for one final stand. But as they fought against hopelessness and pushed on... Ever since you woke up, the castle, you're more aware of the movement of the castle. It almost feels like it's flying. I don't want to use the word erratically because that sounds dramatic, but it does feel a little more like... Turbulence. Yeah. A familiar voice beckoned from the depths of the castle. And you hear that sound again of a man moaning as if in pain. You see another fireplace. In front of the fireplace, a large web that stretches from floor to ceiling in an intricate pattern. The adventure continues. Stuck, outstretched, the body is that of Jimmer Hardy. What's strange is that it appears both of his hands have been cut off. No. What's going on, everybody? It's your old pal, Troy LaValle. I have a couple pieces of very important information, and then we'll get you to the episode. One of the last episodes of this show. I'm really aiming for 326. That means this is what? The final four. The final four have begun. Um, but the first bit of information is after today, we're actually taking two weeks off before we come back with the final three episodes because one of us got sick and uh, it screwed up the recording schedule. And so I don't want to record these remotely. They're too huge, too important to try to do that way. So unfortunately, our schedule's thrown off. We can't record until after we get back from our trip and so we need to take two weeks off and then we're coming back 
with the final three episodes of the Giant Slayer Adventure. So, no episode on the 19th or the 26th of April, but then, boom, we're back on May 3rd with GCP 324, and then the 10th is 325, and it's looking like the finale is on May 17th, episode 326. So that's the first bit of information. Kind of sucks. I'm sorry, but people get sick. There's there's nothing we can do about it. Um, We just hope that everybody gets better real fast. Second bit of information that I'll take into the episode is the Glass Cannon Live Tour has eight dates on the books right now between today and the end of June. In fact, this week, we are coming to Milwaukee and St. Paul. Last time I checked, at the time of this recording of this intro, there was only 10 tickets left to St. Paul, so St. Paul might be completely sold out. However, that space in Milwaukee is huge, and we have a lot of tickets left. Last time I looked, there were only three VIP tickets left for Milwaukee. VIP in St. Paul has been sold out for weeks. Uh, please come out to that show. Our Chicago friends, we keep saying we're not coming to Chicago this year, so come on out to Milwaukee. Milwaukee. It's it's such a monumental episode, uh, that Milwaukee show. I, you're going to want to see it live. And then in May, we're going to be in Portland on May 25th, and then in Seattle on May 27th. That's the Doug Fur Lounge in Portland on the 25th, and the Triple Door in Seattle. And that's all happening during PaizoCon. So we're going to fly into Portland, we're going to hang out there, and then we're going to drive up, be at PaizoCon all weekend. We're going to be doing shows at PaizoCon, hosting the Glass Cannon Room. Hopefully, PaizoCon tickets will go on sale soon. I know there's going to be a a limited number because they're doing a smaller crowd this year. When you see those go on sale, buy them and come hang out. We're going to be at that hotel just partying all weekend long. And then in June, we have four shows on Thursday, June 9th. We'll be in D.C. back at the Miracle Theater. I mean, we practically sold out or maybe we did sell out both of the shows that we did at the Miracle. It's always a wild show. Come on out to that. And then two days later, on Saturday, June 11th, we'll be back at New Newport Music Hall in Columbus, and that's during Origins, and we're trying to work out some shows at Origins as well. So make a whole weekend of it. Come on out to D.C., then come over to Columbus. It's going to be a fun time, and then two weeks later, we're coming to the West Coast again for a show on Wednesday, June 22nd in Los Angeles at the Terragram Ballroom, and then two days later, we're making our first ever stop to San Francisco at the Independent on Friday, June 24th. I cannot wait to get back to the West Coast. Any excuse to have that Mexican food, sign me up. D.C. on the 9th of June, Columbus on the 11th of June, L.A. on the 22nd of June, and San Francisco on the 24th of June. And then, of course, in May, we got Portland and Seattle, and then this week, Milwaukee and St. Paul. Head to glasscannonnetwork.com slash tour to get links to where you need to buy the tickets. And sometimes you'll need to buy the VIGCP package on the website where the tickets are sold. Sometimes you'll need to buy them through us. It's all clear when you hit our website. And the reason we do that is we want to avoid Avoid making you pay crazy fees to these venues for the VIGCP package. So, glasscannonnetwork.com slash tour. Get those tickets today. Come hang out with us on the road. After today, we will see you in three weeks for the final three episodes of the Giant Slayer portion of the Glass Cannon Podcast. It's weird to think that I will most likely never run another Pathfinder first edition adventure path again, unless it's finishing our Jade Regent campaign from uh, (laughs) seven years ago that we were so close to finishing before we had a, a podcast.
um, which would be off air. We would never do that on air because uh, we want to enjoy ourselves. Uh, or if I ran something for my children someday, I was like, you know what? We're going to play through a little adventure called Carrion Crown. You know, I mean, <laughs> hey kids, gather hey, around. Kids. I know you've been begging me to play some Carrion Crown. <laughs> so Dad's going to dust off his one e and. Uh, and do it. Uh, so it's there's a chance if we never play Jade Region again uh, that I will never run any first edition content again. Hmm. That's very possible. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll come back to it. Uh, well, I think you got to uh, give second edition a couple years. And yeah. then you see, you might be like, I like first edition better. Yeah, I meant to bring this up when we were talking about this last week because I was thinking in, about it in bed that day before we started recording. And I just didn't want to interrupt anyone. But like, we would never think to like, you know what, let's play some D&D second edition. <laughs> no. You know, you wouldn't do it. You would either play fifth edition or nothing. I, I don't see that happening, though, with Pathfinder. I feel like people will I feel still like you're making back. a jump. People play all the time. Second edition? I've literally asked to play it on this show. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not like, all right, let's do it. 70 episode campaign of uh, well, D&D second talking about edition. Do, doing shows versus like people that are just playing the game. Yeah. Um, people, I mean, it's a whole resurgence, the, the classic games. What is it called? The old school games? Or whatever. Old school revival? Old school revival. Yeah, people love playing those games. I, you know, I, I don't remember them well enough to be motivated. Well, sure, to play people them, but. play them, but I'm saying it's like you, there, there's not podcasts with hundreds of episodes like this. Do you know what I mean? And we're not doing it. But I think with Pathfinder, who knows what will happen in 20 years? But I think people will kind of still play both. I don't know. Maybe not. Matthew, what do you think? I think you just opened up an amazing opportunity for a business venture. Go on. You said there's no one else playing <laughs> D&D Second Edition making a podcast out of it. You want to do that? I think you would, you might realize you don't want to do it. <laughs> the game's better now. <laughs> I'm not saying I want to do 100 episodes. Yeah. No, I, 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 listen, I'd love to go back too and just see if there's any nostalgia or if I'd be like, this is an unplayable mess. <laughs> uh, you look at these early modules and it's just like room after room after room of nothing. And then you just have to be like, I'm going to throw a monster in here. Uh, you know, it's not, it's it not certainly like was not built for show. No, no. <laughs> They were not built for. I shows. remember we were playing through a dungeon once from a module, and uh, <laughs> the party I was running it. My, my friend, uh, my party, they opened the door, and it was just like, "All right, there's uh, there's ten orcs in there. Roll, roll for initiative." And my friend Edith was just like, "Why are they there?" I was like, "Huh." <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> it never occurred to us. It's just like there's just numbers, really, just numbers on a sheet. You know, it's just it was. How it was a different game. Yeah, when we before we started this <laughs> and we played in our first game, Joe and I and Skid and uh, Buddy McDermott, he, uh, our GM uh, like redid Tomb of Horrors and wedged it in as if it was a book of an adventure path. And so we played through that, but he connected it to the larger campaign and I'm sure changed a bunch of stuff around and rewrote it. And that felt right. But if you pick up Tomb of Horrors and read it, it probably reads better than most old school modules. Uh, but it's still all over the place with no explanation. There'll be like a trap <laughs> that you just kind of make up what the trap does or it just sends you to another dimension and that's the end of your life. Uh, yeah, eventually in like 1986 or 7, they started putting descriptive text boxes mm. like in, in into the different like rooms and everything. Before that, like you didn't even have that. It was just it would just be just a basically just a dry like kind of the kind of laundry list of everything you see in that room. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's, it would be a map with like A through Z, mm-hmm. and then you'd look at A, and it'd be two sentences. This is a weapons room. It's empty. Right. Uh, B, this is a bathroom. It's empty. Yeah. Uh, most of the rooms were like that, and then some would be like, there is a plant creature in here. Right. Or there was. Now it's empty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you see plant excrement in this room. I think, I, I mean, I, I think it would be cool to do like... A six-episode arc. Here we go. Where we build a character. Like, Skid teaches us how to do it. We build a character, and we just... And we, and we, and we say, like, well, that would, could have used some story. Yeah. I, listen, I'd love to do it just to see if it holds up at all and how it feels. Um, it, would be, it would be interesting some, at some point down the road, maybe when we're all semi-retired, when we have, like, major Hollywood Oscar-winning celebrities, like Will Smith, mm-hmm. running these games instead of us... <laughs> And we just step out of the shadows every once in a while. At that point, if we could do, like, I would do, like, Against the Giants. Yeah. Why don't we just do, just do like, a few episodes? Just do, try running Against the Giants in first or second edition rules and see what happens. It's a show. It's a show waiting to happen. But, like, all of our uh, shows waiting to happen, it's a matter of time. But, I mean, my God, you could, we could always do, like, a, let's, it's called a Let's Try the Old Stuff. That's the name of the show. And it's just, we build characters and we start <laughs> doing an adventure, play one or two sessions, be like, all right, let's do another one. Yeah. Now let's try, uh, you know, uh, what's some other famous D&D module escaping me right now? Uh, Expedition of the Barrier Peaks. Yeah, let's try that one. Oh, this is terrible, too. All right, let's try this one. Uh, Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Isn't that another one? Uh, yeah, sounds right. What's the one that's like Ra- under... What's Ravenloft? Is it Ravenloft? Oh, Ruins of Undermountain. Curse of Strahd? Yeah, Ruins of Undermountain. Oh, that's that's, huge. that's, that's what I'm huge. thinking of. Has been, is the new, is the new has version has been redone, yeah. 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 Ruins of Undermountain, I believe, has, technically speaking, hundreds of kilometers of empty space to explore. <laughs> yeah, and you don't tell the players it's empty, and it's literally hundreds <laughs> Of kilometers, Temple of Elemental Evil. Uh, that would yeah, be fun. Keep on the go. Borderlands. Keep the. Oh yeah, yeah. Village of Hamlet. Village of Hamlet leading into Temple of Elemental Evil. <laughs> yeah, but again, it's like I, I, I'm. I'm just saying, people do do this. You're like, you wouldn't do this. Like, you, yeah. you kind of wrote it off. But like, I don't want to do it. Because yeah, like I agree with you, I'm like they, I think that they make improvements. You know, and yeah. You can have your debates all you want, but I think that overall, it's going to be a lot more work. I'll tell you that much for the GM and the players. Well, like second, first edition, there were no non-combat skills. You just didn't have them. Yeah, it was a combat game. It was a tactical it was combat all, game. Yeah, it was basically all like tactical combat. And then they kind oh. of worked proficiencies into second edition, but it still was like nowhere near as robust as what we have. I will still now. remember the day you came over to my apartment, Joe, to help me build the Pathfinder character, build what would end up being Ron Powerhouse. And you brought sheets. We were doing it all by hand because uh, only Grant could afford Hero Lab at that time. And I didn't even know him. <laughs> I remember when he said he had Hero Lab, and I was like, he must, must make be a million <laughs> a year. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's good that's good buddy matt copel who got me on that oh, that's, that's right, right. You yeah you were stealing a, a, i was like thing. matt copel must make a, a million dollars <laughs> <laughs> look at that librarian money he's sure <laughs> surely he's rich you put down the character sheet and i was like what the hell are all these you're like oh these are skills they have sk-. and i had never seen anything like that before i knew ac and to it damage gear 
but I didn't remember any of that stuff because yeah, they didn't have a whole host of skills. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was, so last week we did a, a level up and we had talked about feats. And when I was out feet shopping, there was one feat that I was like, well, not taking this, but man, this is cool. And it, it's a perfect example of what wouldn't have existed before and exists now. And it's like, I forget what it's called. It's smite opponent or whatever it is. It's, it is a, you use a use <laughs> of smite evil. The person you're using against has to be evil, but it's specifically designed for debate. So it's like you have to be using it in a like a diplomacy situation and you get this massive charisma bonus to like diplomacy or bluff or intimidate or whatever it is in a social encounter, essentially, to absolutely dominate someone verbally. Uh, that was wow. the whole feed. And I was like, that's really cool, but we're not doing any talking for the rest of this campaign. So <laughs> yeah. I'll pass that one by. But like that kind of shit didn't exist in the past. Yeah. No. I love those feats that are like, you earn more uh, gold during downtime from your profession. Scholar. <laughs> right. That always cracks me up. I'm always like, that's funny. And I move on. Like, that's as much as I remember. <laughs> You're a particularly good uh, cobbler. So you earn more money from making shoes between adventures. Right. That's your feat that you take, that you get one of every seven months <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i don't know who knows maybe we'll play 2e and be like ah let's go back there's so many adventure but i remember in the early days like i want to play them all i know and now it's like ah, dude, now it's just right our own gotta get them all gotta you know get them all. it is funny i was uh mona eric mona on facebook the other day he tweeted out the, dragon magazine when i think when he was editing it. i saw this yeah yeah he, they, they put out this in like 2004 they put out an uh an issue it was like the 30 greatest dungeons and dragons modules of all time and it's great it's like one of the i i will just like go over that and over that it's just like one of those things that i can just like thumb through hmm. forever. It's just, hmm. just looking at the names yeah of the modules just oh, it brings like, you back so seeing all those you will have to excuse me if I can ask this indelicate question. Please. Have you done the Chris- Christmas arithmetic to this yet? What? You know, it's been clearly documented you have 24 Christmases left before you're dead. <laughs> That's how many. I you, have more Christmases than that. No, it's 24. We've done the math. It's taken like six or seven years to get through this one module. Now we've had another one, uh, or this one adventure path. We've had another one with uh, Strange Aeons kind of going on concurrently, which feels kind of like the max. But what? You got like. It's like 10% of a life. That's what that is. Yeah. When you start thinking like, when are you going to retire? Or are you going to retire? Like we're going to retire from what we do. I'm sure at some point we'll stop, but like when, and then at that point, are you just, are you going to play anymore? Like, how's that going to work? I don't know. And right now, are you like, if you were to keep this pace, like I think the max you could really squeeze in before you die is like five. Let's say I went till 65 doing this nonsense. That seems like a reasonable thing. Uh, that would be, t- you know, 20, to 22 more years. Uh, at a seven year, uh, <laughs> seven year, <laughs> three AP. That would be three more APs. But Glass Cannon 2.0, when it drops, is going to be shorter uh, than this. It's, you know, much, much shorter. I just want to move more towards that kind of content. But if we want to do published things, you don't really have that option. Well, but yeah, it, but you're also talking about a one hour to slightly over an hour average per week. Like, the, no game plays at that pace. Yeah. Pretty much. True. No decent game. Anyway. Yeah, I was here um, with these people that, like, they, finish an adventure path book a month because they're playing a four-hour session every week and streamlining it you know not doing yeah i mean it's really not that strange for the average person especially one with like kids and family doesn't go out or do anything else besides work and hang out at home like to do one night a week 
Yeah. You know, you play one night a week, three hours to four hours. And every single week, yeah, you, you'll cut years off of that pace. Yeah. And, uh, and also the answer to the question, what do you guys want to do? Often doesn't end in like a 90 minute role play. Like, <laughs> right. That's true. That's true. That's a, another yeah. big difference. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people don't go into a made, you know, made up debate about a museum under a dwarven city. And, yeah. Uh, the, the family that runs it in their inner work. It's like, it just, yeah. But you know what? I like the people who do. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I do. Too. It's my kind of game yeah, yeah. that's funny <laughs> something else we didn't do as kids that's true that's true i don't, re- I don't even remember all those things i remember very uh, piecemeal certain yeah i remember adventures. a couple of things i remember really laughing about like they, they killed a couple of guards and they were just like can we just pose them to make it look like they're still alive <laughs> and then we role-played like an incident of somebody coming to check on them and like the guard is sitting there and it's just this head just started to tilt like slowly to the side as like, was talking. <laughs> we laughed our asses off but that was that was that's the extent of the role-playing i can remember uh what you got i um interviewed josephine mcadam on uh counterfighter and she was talking about her father was running her through D when she was six years old oh, that's how awesome. started her and she was talking about how much more in the old days the modules had puzzles there were a lot more puzzles yeah. Yeah. than there are now and she was like and that was so much fun like funny monsters was fun but we used to have so much fun with like you walk into a room a room in a tomb and there's three levers and you don't, you know, you pull one and you hear a sound somewhere yeah. in the distance. You pull another, and, you know, trying to figure out those puzzles. And that, I remember that shit as a kid being really fun playing with my friends. Yeah. I, I think about this a lot with my children. Like, I think I'll run them through unless they're not interested, run them through something. You know, I don't know what it's going to be. Like right now, uh, Arch will be like, can we play Dungeons and Dragons? I'm like, sure. Uh, we'll sit down with a blank piece of paper. And it always, I just, I draw a road up to a castle and there's a door and I say, what do you want to do? And sometimes he'll listen. Sometimes he'll go in and then I just start making it up as I I go. But wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. Did you kind of handhold him in, into listening at the door? Or he walks up and says, I want to listen at the door. Well, the first, <laughs> first time we played, I, he said, I, I said, what do you want to do? He goes, I want to open the door. I say, well, do you want to make sure it's uh-huh. Do you want to listen You're setting first? him on a path of being that player at the table now. <laughs> well, now when he comes to the door, it's like, can I listen at the door? So he always knows to ask. <laughs> wow. But the other day, I took him through this adventure, and it usually involves like one room, there's an encounter that has a key or a jewel, and then another room has an encounter with the key or jewel you put those two together and it opens the door to the, the boss or whatever uh and then i just kind of make everything else up but then the other day we finished he goes all right dad my turn and he started running me through the dungeon oh wow uh, and he has no idea what he's doing but it was just really funny to see that's was it a real shitty game it was it was i didn't want to make him feel bad it didn't make a lot of sense the way he was telling it were there plot holes there was a plot hole it was his first time his first time jamming uh, but three years old he was like, mangled right, a bunch of the rules do you want to listen at the door oh so you turn him into you oh yeah poor child you turn him to you pretty much yeah i just uh, love i love the the picture of your son going up to a grocery store automatic door and just listening for a while before he can walk in <laughs> that's the lesson he takes away from it every door i know i know i think that i might given that i can mold these kids how i want to i right. think i might be like when you see a door just fucking open it. <laughs> just open it play matthew style matthew style <laughs> i listen at many many doors yeah you do you do uh but you Certain also characters you, don't do that yeah i like those bold choices they make for good shows we listen we listen less at live shows because it's like let's just yeah. let's see what happens yeah, yeah let's yeah. just see what happens let her rip <laughs> <laughs> well that's i think another reason uh why tagging on to last week they were excited about 1.5 it's like that energy is great it's going to make for a lot more risky situations i mean we just 
go in. I mean, I've gotten yeah. myself into some horrible situations. It's because I'm just like, I just want to just keep it moving, keep it moving. Yeah. It's going to be so funny to see like carrying over like the energy from doing that adventure as we're doing it basically now. And then that same adventure doing it, then the next episode live in front of a crowd. I know. Yeah. I know. It's going to be so strange and, and funny. Because the crowd. The crowd can let they can fuel things into getting a little silly, shall we? Say? Yes, for sure. Certain escapades with certain floor coverings, shall we say? <laughs> I don't think that. Probably, I mean, we might have gone we tiptoed in that direction we, we were here, but we wouldn't have done that without the crowd, right? Right. Yeah. Side quest side sesh though had that yeah. vibe. You know? Yeah, that's. I was thinking about that the other day. I forgot all about like. How whenever Johnny Halfling would start singing, the music would play, and they would launch into that song with the special microphone. Yeah. Like we did that every week at the beginning yeah. of the pandemic, oh, and that Johnny. shit was hilarious. Well, Johnny yeah, Halfling, Johnny Halfling was not at the beginning of the pandemic. We we went we went through two whole months. Sure, yeah, sure, was, sure. Yeah, the, hey, tor- towards the beginning. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about Johnny Halfling and that yesterday. I remember we I think we had a conversation about backups at one point and I I was emailing with Troy and I was like, Well, my backup was a bard and uh now that's out. And Troy was like, Yes, Johnny Halfling has ruined bards for all of us. Well, can you believe it? You are, as far as you know. And I'm uh, I'm purposely uh, leaving that vague to either nag at you so you'll wonder uh, or, uh, you know, to let you know that this very, very well be the last unexplored room of this castle. Yeah, what's going on here? What's going on? Where is this fight going to happen? Is right it gonna here be because like, the dra- dragon can fly in. I know, I know. But I'm just saying, like, is it going to be... Yeah. I just wonder if it's going to be outside the castle or on top of the castle or... L- let's take it back one step. It's been a week. Lavalley, what did we see when we walked in here? We saw a floor-to-ceiling spider web. We saw Jimmer in the middle missing. What else do we see? Well, you know what? Why don't we just go to the map? Oh, let's oh, go Okay. I'll, tell you, I'll show you what we see. Don't forget the big open space that the dragon can fly through. Why? No, no. It's webbed up. spaces. Yeah. That was me doing a breath weapon at last. I don't think a dragon can get through spider webs. <laughs> I think we're pretty secure here, Matthew. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Uh, Checks out. There's your room. Uh, there it is. Uh, I should say that the entire room uh, that is, it isn't shown here is covered in rubble. Uh, that would be difficult terrain, if you were wondering. The entire room is difficult terrain. That heap in the middle, um, you know, you'd have to climb to get to the top of it, but you could also hide behind it and whatnot, get cover if you needed it. But uh, the whole room is difficult terrain. Whatever hit here, uh, if it was during Volsus's assault or something else, like all that debris exploded inward on this room, and it hasn't been uh, fixed since. Crazy, right, that this could be the last room that you explore. One thing's for certain, and this was what makes me happy, is throughout this entire campaign, anyone could just pick up the book and read like, oh, what happens here in this room? What happens here in this room? Uh, that's out the window for these final few eps. I don't think, Did you think honestly, anyone think will know. One of the four of us would procure this book. No, I'm talking read. about listeners. No, he's like, talking oh, what he's saying is he's home brewing the end. That you in the real one you fought Volsus. I wouldn't say homebrewing. I would just say adjusting, changing, making. So yeah, you fought Volstis here in the real module. Do Where think, is this fight going to take place? Do you think we fought Volstis up there or in here? Uh, up there, up there. Okay, I think it's in here. 
you think oh, this is like the secret place the the in the original campaign people get stymied being like where is he and then they'd have to find the secret place looking at the fireplace there's a lot to think about you know what we should do for old time's sake we should jump into the imagination oh. oh wow i hope it starts up we should hop it's in. It's been so long Hold since. Hold on. Uh, I can't find uh, my keys. <laughs> I actually don't know where my keys are. <laughs> they're, right, they're right here. Oh, yeah, oh, they're on your... Okay, great. We're going to need a jump. Has anybody seen my keys to the imagination? Oh, here they are. Why did you put them on the outside of the GM screen? I, I don't know. I was looking for them earlier, and I'm glad you found them. <laughs> uh, all right, let's see. Oh, yeah, she posed like a kitten. Joe, give me a... Give me something good. Give me something. I hate it when you do this. <laughs> Why don't you just say it in advance? Real good. Uh. And maybe some wind. You got some wind? Last week I said... What is good me? That is not a direction. Something that feels... All right. Something that feels right. <laughs> feels you right. are so infuriated. Uh, something that feels right. Something that just feels right. There yeah, it is. Yeah, there it is. So, Jane... Is it? Is it? <laughs> I want uh, our, our our fans to get as excited when they hear the opening chords of Jane as we do, and they're not there yet. They don't realize that means we're about to come out. No. Uh, but it's, I think uh, by by once book three starts, they're gonna. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, 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 do. That means and we get so pumped. I know we're back so pumped playing air guitar, air drums, air flute. Um, Matthew skin, loves air, the air. <laughs> Matthew does the air keys. Air he's, keys. He's yeah. big on air keys. Yeah, he does love the air keys. Bum, 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 and it's always bum, like bi level keyboard. Yeah, he's got yeah. Yeah. Says multiple levels. Playing to the left. <laughs> I'm, playing, right. I'm, playing the, I'm playing like the, the piano keys up here, and then and I'm the playing like synthesizers over here. Keys. Uh, Speaking of synth, you wanted some synth. For this, you know what? No, it's not quite right. You know what? <laughs> this Layer. is the album "Galactic Trip" from our stock music provider. <laughs> Layer you, some Joe. wind over this, and maybe it'll work. Actually, this isn't bad. I kind of like the synth. <laughs> <laughs> really? Just okay. remember, uh, you're going to need to change the music uh, as the as the scene changes in the imagination. Like copter. every six seconds. Yeah. So okay. I need you to just be on it. All right. Uh, I'll get you some wind, though. Let's get some wind. Okay. Okay. Need a little wind here. Uh, so there she is. We're up in the copter looking down on our imaginary world that we've created together. And as we look down on this beautiful creation we see an aerial view sweeping over the peaks of a mighty mountain range now there are many who believe that Torag himself forged these mountains during the age of creation whether that's a myth or not those who believe those legends his followers the dwarves long ago they came from beneath these mountains. When Earthfall shook all of Galarian, their tunnels collapsed and the quest for sky began. Making their way to the surface, the dwarves would fight not only the orcs that they displaced along the way, but each other. The sky citadels were constructed and nations were formed, each with their own king. Five nations and five kings would soon be embroiled in civil war. The Five Kings War that would give this mountain range that we're looking at its name. 
the Five Kings Mountains. It's like a John Carpenter movie. I love this. <laughs> it really yeah, is. Like it's it. so weird and cool. It's <laughs> like not expected. Davis, always. Sweeping up. So <laughs> Crank it up. I can see you getting so fired up and talking about the mountains. Fucking sweeping it over the mountains. <laughs> doom, 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 doom. And we we close in on one of these peaks where a solitary figure stands alone on a small ledge extending outward from a dark cave, like a tongue lolling out of a newly deceased mouth. We come in now from behind the figure, a figure clad all in black, who stands alone on this cliff. We circle the figure to see that it's Brander. He slowly walks up to the edge of the landing and looks down below. Looks like he's looking for something, or maybe someone satisfied perhaps with what he sees he then looks up toward the heavens closes his eyes and disappears somewhere else in the world lying on the floor of a rocky chamber lies a man on the brink of death lies a man on the brink of of death. Even in his current weakened state, one can see the warrior that he truly is. Jimmer Hardy wakes with a stir out of a nightmare to a reality perhaps worse than his dream. His lifelong training has honed his senses to be alert even when asleep, and his eyes dart open from slumber because he knows. He's no longer alone in this room. Sitting before him on what may have once been a small pew is Brander. And he's just staring at you creepily. Nobody likes to be stared at when they sleep. He says, Hello there, Mr. Hardy. I'm sorry to say you're traveling companion is no longer with us but frankly it's for the better it was only a matter of time before his presence cursed yours as well now you won't understand the irony in what I'm about to say but I'm running out of time centuries of Exploration, trying to unravel the threads of fate like a god, have all led to now. And I have one more thing in this world left to accomplish. And he leans forward now with his face in his hands, just just studying Jimmer's face like it's a puzzle. It's a face split in two that you're staring at, Jimmer. That of an ageless man and that of a deceased Kyle. He says you, I believe, are going to hold a rather auspicious role in my final journey. You are, for lack of a better phrase, an insurance policy. Then again, isn't that what you've always been as a man-servant? 
A great warrior who simply pledged his life to someone else to protect them, to protect their family. Why, someone of your power could have had glory, wealth, or in lieu of that, a family of one's own. A life of one's own. I chose the former. But you... You were simply an insurance policy in the event someone came for your master or his son. But I won't let you die to protect one who is already gone. No. I prefer to play to your strengths. For I am your master now. And he reaches down with both of his hands and lays them on Jimmer's head. And Jimmer bites down, fighting against whatever is happening. Biting down so hard that maybe some of his teeth in the back start to crack. And then finally, hundreds of seconds pass where any other mortal would have broke. And he breaks and screams. And we just hear that scream in the darkness as everything goes to black. We now see the hollowed-out crater of a volcano. Several large chains extend from the bottom of the crater into the sky. An ash-colored giant riding a giant scorpion barks orders at a gaggle of similar-looking giants below who are working at removing one of the chains that extend upward to the base of an enormous floating castle in the sky. Three of the chains are still taut, while two others dangle loosely, whipping in the wind. To the north, a lone tower stands atop a cliff above the crater. And at the top of the tower, a massive ballista and catapult sit, fused together into a terrifying siege engine. Sitting atop the weapon, one of the ash giants scans the sky through this strange scope attached to the machine. And the machine is just slowly spinning around with with steam like whistling out of one side. As he's looking, you can tell that he sees something. He pulls his eye back and he yells to the other giant guards standing about and he's pointing at the sky. The other giants look up and see nothing. The one on the siege engine yells for someone named Ulkroff and this horrible, diseased-ridden giant with various bombs and alchemical reagents attached to his belt walks over, and he looks through the scope. So imagine we see Ulkroff's perspective first looking into the sky and seeing nothing, and then looking through the scope, and as he switches from the sky to the scope... It reveals an enormous, invisible red dragon (laughs) flying into the crater, circling around, and then making its way up in the direction of the castle. The ash giant that spotted it turns to Ulcroft and asks something like, should we fire at it? And Ulcroft just looks at the dragon through the magical scope and says, No, it must belong to Volstis. And if it doesn't now, (laughs) it will soon. And as he says that, he looks more carefully through the scope at the dragon like he sees something he didn't see at first. And in the claws of the dragon is what appears to be the lifeless body of a man. (laughs) And just as the dragon flies into the cloud cover, 
Holcraft makes out one distinguishing feature on the man. <laughs> An eye patch. <laughs> and now we come back to this rubble-strewn room where you have descended from presumably Volsus's resting chamber into this dilapidated shithole. There is a web stretching from ceiling to floor in what used to be a fireplace, and Jimmer is stuck in it with his hands chopped off. What do you do? I think Metra's first impulse is to rush. She still has fly on, but rush straight to Jimmer, but I think she holds herself and wants to scope out the room. Can we roll perception? Mm-hmm. Uh, 36. Uh, 27 for Lexington. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so you're looking about and you're like, ah, this floor is treacherous. Um, it's going to be tricky to, uh, get around quickly, but you can walk over it slowly in terms of seeing any creatures that may be invisible or... On the ethereal plane, you don't see anyone. Uh, similar to that walkway that led to Volstice's chamber, there is a hole, but this hole is much larger with those webs, rain coming in, forming a little pool. But other than that, nothing else is jumping out at you. The in- I'm sorry, I must have missed this. Every single square of the entire room is difficult, difficult terrain. Yeah. The room has been bombarded. Metro will rise about a foot up foot off the ground and will fly directly to Jimmer. Yeah. And Sir Will will say, Jimmer! Lexington! And he'll kick Lexington into action and we'll move as quickly as we can over difficult terrain. So standing behind to... Lexington, you just boot him. Why do you kick your... your, your just oh. dig <laughs> my razor blade spurs into his flank drawing blood. <laughs> She yelps in pain. I thought you were standing I laugh in glee. I laugh. I thought you were standing behind him and just booted him. Yeah. Get up there, you foolish wolf! You're trying to pick, pick a field goal. Christ. What the hell just happened? I thought Nestor was the monster. All right, you get over there. Um, put yourselves on the map over there. Jimmer! Are. Jimmer! And he's like literally yelling at you. Um, not sure if he's unconscious or not. Yeah, when I get there, unconscious? when I get there, heal check. Is he conscious? Uh, he is conscious. Um, oh, he was moaning, right? Wasn't uh, that? You realize now this moaning. must have been the source of the moan. Perhaps your uh, limited wish to untrap that cabinet, that lightning that crackled, may have been a, enough to wake him from his slumber. Um, I'll use a wand of cure light wounds to just give him a little. Little juice. Jimmer, Jimmer, speak to me. And his breathing is ragged. He's kind of hanging there with these bloodied stumps where his hands once were, and sort of barely aware of his surroundings until maybe you wand him. Yeah, I should do need healing, so. Uh, (laughs) He looks up and he just looks, he says, I feel terrible. <laughs> I, I've been treated very, very badly. Hey, 
Hey, I know you. And you, he points at Will. Gemma, yes. And I know Barrett. Barrett. Would you mind getting me down from this, please? Metro will cut. Will go to work sawing the uh, his feet off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> we like symmetry. Uh, Sir Will will dismount uh, Lexington and um, immediately start laying on hands uh, on Jimmer to heal him for as much as possible. So you expend all your uses of lay on hands for the day. I just, know, back just enough for him to tell us what happened and then we'll kill him. <laughs> How did you get here? Slap! <laughs> Everyone is rushing to use their expendables. I, I do have some scrolls for stuff like this. I'd uh, love to hop in on. Uh, if it well, helps. Just take away three uses of lay on hands. It's a role-playing game. Man. You uh, uh, can do whatever you want. No, no, no. Also, a scroll is an expendable. A lay on hands. No, I know, but it's difficult to use a scroll in the heat of battle because you have to true. pull it out. So I'm just trying to use the scrolls and help you save yourself. Okay. I'm not trying to criticize anything. All right, well, I'm still, I'm still just role-playing while I take one of Baron's and potions and I force-feed it down Jimmy's <laughs> Cauterize a wound with this gun. I fire off the gun six times to get the barrel nice and <laughs> Mark those six bullets. Great. Boom. <laughs> Somehow turned into using my expendable. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, first two, 24 points of healing uh, just on the first touch. Oh, yeah. I got it. And then you get. Oh, seven from the wand. Okay, I'm I'm basically good. Great. We'll basically good, Skid, or good? Well, I, we haven't rolled hit points yet, so. Oh, oh, oh that's a lot of rolls. <laughs> Wait, what level were you when you pieced out? Uh, thirteen. Thirteen. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I thought about having you come back at thirteenth, but then I thought that's stupid. <laughs> And it would ruin. And it's not fun. So yeah. you're you're back at 17th, and I, I think it's fair to say you've gone through hell. Mm-hmm. So while you have not defeated monsters to gain the XP, with only a handful of episodes left, you have gone through enough hell to reach 17th level. You also have no hands. The fact that you even survived <laughs> means you're... 17th level. That's exactly. how it works. Exactly. Read a book once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Could you use a little level suffering to get just like a few points of XP here and there? Like if I turn on a movie I really hate. <laughs> yeah, 10 XP. Three Your XP. next play will be that much better. <laughs> you joke, but I can remember playing like second edition and they'd be like, oh, God, give yourself five XP. I'd be like, all right. I'm never going to level up. Yeah. <laughs> That's yep, good. Like you level up speed. at 8,000. That's exactly how I felt during my first summer job. Oh, $5 an hour. Oh, I'll never buy that car that I want. Now it's more than doubled. Um, <laughs> Both the car and the, and the, and the minimum. minimum. Yeah, it all worked out. Um, so yeah, so what, what, you get him Jimmy, down out of this web. What, what happened? How did, how did you get here? Will is like, both grief-stricken at seeing how uh, Jimmer is suffering, but also so excited to see him. Yeah, Metro has been, Metro was, was searching for him in every room of the castle. Not the castle, the volcano. The volcano, yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't let go. You guys bullied me out of it. Look, I could have saved him his hands. This all happened. I hold you all accountable. After the magma dragon fight. Um, oh, yeah. You surrendered. And Jimmer and Thune were taken, and the rest of you were put to uh, what ended up being a, a trial by combat against Skirkatla and the Dulahan. 
And this is the grimmest form of symmetry, and Baron's just... He's having PTSD looking at them taking down Jimmer uh, because of finding Lork without his feet earlier. It's mm. just awful. This has to hit you more than anyone. Was Sir Will there when we found Lork? I guess so, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it hits both of you. Yeah. What happened? Um, uh, Will, I don't know. I don't know. And he's just, he's just looking at where his hands were. And you can see there's this, like, streaked grime on his face. His, probably just, like, wearing, like, a loincloth or something. It looks like he's aged 20 years. And he's, like, it looks like his, sort of his muscle, and it's, like, it's kind of been burned away from inside, just from, just rage and misuse and malnutrition and everything else. He just looks much leaner. And this is like I can't I don't I don't know how to tell you about what happened to me. I just wish I could help now. Look at me. Just a damn burden. No, Jim, no. Not at all. You can help. You've come at the most opportune time. It feels like the divine will. It feels as if we have been saved. I know it. I know it. Your your strength it can be used. First, we must get you to stand. Stand on your own two feet. Is there any armor? Is he wearing armor? Is he like completely... He's just in a loincloth. Um, give me a perception check. Lexington gets a 29. 24. <laughs> <laughs> it's your new favorite bit. I, I'm just saying. Well, all right. All right Sir so Will got a 21. Lexington's sniffing around. He's sniffing at, at Jimmer. Uh, obviously smells death on him. But then his nose picks up another scent over in the direction of this pile of rubble. Um, and you see him nosing at something underneath, and his teeth grab on like a bag of something, and he's pulling at a bag that's buried in the rubble. What is it, boy? What is it? Uh, and we'll pull out the bag and open it up. And all of Jimmer's gear is in there. Convenient. Nice. Here, let's get you armored up. This castle is incredibly dangerous. Oh, come on. Metro will help no, him don no. his armor. No, I can't. Don't waste it. This is good. Take what I have if you can use it yourselves, but what can I do? What can I do? Look at me. Sheriff. All I got in me, all I got in me, all I got left is rage. And no way to implement it. Uh, I can't. I can't do this to you. It's a miracle I'm alive, I admit. But I'll do you no good. There, take it. Take what you can. He's nodding at his equipment. Will just locks eyes with Baron. Sheriff. It is. Divine Providence. It is, but... And he tries to whisper this outside of Jimmer's ears. He pulls it in Sir Will close. We must teach him to hope again. 
to remind him that it's not just rage that kept him alive in that web, but it's a hope of being able to prevail over evil. It can't just be rage attached to that arm. Well, it's got to be something more. You can waken that in him. Speak with him. I don't know, Sheriff. I, w- I wish Adriel were here. He could do it. He did it to me. It reminded me of all that was to come. And all that I was wasting and thinking about things the way I was. Seems to me all he did was remind you of what you had inside. He's got it in him, too. Now get to it. His eyes raise at Jimmer. He walks up. Jimmer Hardy. I was once... Locked and alone in a dungeon in my own home. And you can see he's starting to get, like, get emotional. In a place that should have been the safest place for me. Anywhere. My own family turned on me. That cursed Brander had turned us against each other. And as I lay there, chained to a wall, malnourished, with no strength left, I knew. I didn't disbelieve. I knew that it was over. That my life could be of no more good to anyone. And then, and a tear starts coming down his face. I saw your face come out of the darkness. It is time I returned the favor. And he reaches back into his bag. He pulls out Nargrim's steel hand. And he says, You have fight left in you yet, Jimmer. And we're in sore need of it. I'll have no more of this dawdling. You can use this to wield a weapon larger than anything you could possibly imagine. Focus that rage and put it to use against our enemies. Help us. Help us save all of Avistan. He's so tiny and he's holding it up to you. This hand. He almost needs two hands just to hold up the the one hand. Yeah, I think... Jimmer sees this, and this is a this is a wrathful object. Like this is something that's fueled by like, that's part of the magic that infuses it is is wrath. You know, mm-hmm. so I think he he sees he sees this this commonality. Like he sees himself in the hand, mm. and it's like almost trance-like he like lifts up his right arm and the stub of his wrist towards the hand into the wrist and it like 
Fuses. The shockwave blows Sir Will back ten feet. (laughs) (laughs) He goes skidding across the floor. Liquid, like, Terminator T-2000 metal just, like, fuses. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, it hurts. It burns. Like, he just, like, he, like, drops to his knees. And he's just like Nestor had done just hours ago. He, uh... (laughs) He reacts, he sees the hand, he starts like tentatively making a fist, squeezing his fingers together, splaying them out. It's like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'll do. Metro reaches into the bag of gear and finds Terminus Est. <laughs> and presents it to him. <laughs> Perhaps your fingers remember their own strength better. (laughs) They held your sword. He takes it by the hilt gingerly. He's like, lifts it up, looks at the long blade. So I never thought I'd be able to do this again. Now, they'll be sorry that I can. (laughs) Just does a couple of twirls with it. Oh, it probably feels lighter than it's ever yeah, it, does. it probably now. feels like a dagger right? yeah yeah like, yeah this is you're like, like yeah. your bat speed has increased yeah it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's like it's got a quartz bat he's like sammy sauce he's like, <laughs> and you're like look a sec give me my armor <laughs> yeah baby oh man oh, i'm so pumped oh this is amazing. I just forgot that he also is going to get a plus two to strength. Like, if anybody... <laughs> yeah, really, Dimmer. What's, what's your strength now? Uh, my strength... My strength with everything... That's going to be 26. Jeez. <laughs> so you've roughly the strength of a rhinoceros? Yeah, roughly. I think that's about right. I think a rhinoceros is 27. So. <laughs> oh, my God. Last week, I was watching you guys debate the hand, and I thought you were going to take it, uh, Will, or maybe Baron. And, uh, you know, Skid and I had talked about this, but I didn't want to deter you guys from doing it, so I'm so glad that it worked out. Yeah, we actually, I mean, it was a, a bulk of the time after the episode last week it was like we were just talking about like well what if we took the hand like you didn't say anything and you said you had other plans in mind and all like yeah we're I mean, gonna bob and weave uh, with whatever we did uh, last week was a perfect example of like i'd tell you guys nothing like you going upstairs and down all around and then doing that with the hand just trying to beep up and scab with what you came up with i'm just so happy that it worked out this way um grant was like i'm so glad you didn't take the hand and i was like i was honestly just like kind of mechanically i was like there's no point you know what i mean yeah. i was like i started thinking like nestor i was like well he just carried it around until he found the right weapon so i'll just carry it around until i find the right weapon yeah it's amazing jimmer let's roll some hit points here buddy and then i want to hear okay. about a 17th level jimmer yeah jimmer. Terrified. Uh, what is your hit die? Uh, D10. Okay. Uh, you want to roll 14, 15, 16, 17? Uh, no, sorry. I think I was actually 14 when I left. You were? So okay. this is, so, yeah. Even less. Uh, make yourself 18. No, I'm okay. kidding. Uh, all right. So this is for level 15. Yep. Level 15. 7. 10. Oh! oh, oh, oh. Yes. Phenomenal. Yes. Right, I remember that when the two comes up. I know. Uh, I've, it's funny. I was looking back over this, and I've gotten so many 10s. I've gotten like, uh, 
I think eight tenths. Eight oh tenths. Oh my gosh. It's like, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, well, six. Your so. hit points are as maxed out as my monsters. Yeah. All right, let's roll for level 16. Because yeah. Nestor was comparatively squishy, right? Yeah, Nestor did very badly with those. Seven again. Six. Okay. So you got That's that. great. Uh, and then the final one. Final one. For level 17. The final one of Jimmer's life. Five. Six. Okay. The final, right. one, nice. of the yeah, final one of the campaign. Final one of the campaign. Final. Well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Uh, I mean, you've, you've got so many added things. You want to give me a little uh, kind of play-by-play of some exciting things since last we saw you? Yeah, there's a lot here. So he's a weapon, um, wep- weapon, weapons, weapon master. So he's got some advanced weapons training um so yeah there's a lot here sorry (laughs) so uh one thing is that he has is he so he's i basically sort of focused him on on critting because he has a crit build yeah yeah so with the with terminus asked he will crit on a 17 to 20 and i took critical mastery uh, so that I can my the critical effects I can do I can in in I can inflict two of them with one crit. <laughs> my gosh! <laughs> so there was bleed and like what else? Yeah, I already had bleeding critical, so I've also taken blinding critical. Oh, yeah. oh my god! I've had that on a couple of the bad guys and staggering critical. Oh my! Oh, uh, the Akorsh has blinding critical. Yeah, um, you passed the save on that, I think. Oh no! It, yeah, you did. did. Yeah. I did. Yeah, we were just talking about this beforehand about the strategy for high level pathfinder. And Joe said somebody who I don't know who you recorded me. You're like the best thing you can do is maximize your full round attack actions and minimize the enemy's full round attack actions. Right. So yeah. staggering critical is amazing. so yeah. huge in the late game. Oh yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's huge. And so I figure, like, what I can do is if I crit like early I can do like blinding and bleeding or or blinding and staggering and then I can switch out like if I you know on a boss or whatever like I can do two other I can do bleeding with stacks and then staggering and just keep them staggering <laughs> oh my god that you know that's the dream Oh, so God. I remember you used to roll crits like three times around yeah yeah, yeah. Your yeah. Build. pretty good. yeah so and then I also have uh, I have critical specialists at this level, which the save DCs for my critical effects are four higher than they would be normally. You know what? All of a sudden, Nestor kicks the <laughs> <laughs> And the other thing that I get is focused weapon with my longsword. So it's like the War Priest Sacred Weapon class feature. Okay. Figure so it, yeah, boosts the damage die of my sword. And at this level, I can also, I can uh, make, I can give other like magical attributes to my to my sword uh, as I, as a swift action as I'm wielding it. So um, nice. Yeah, I can make it. I actually only have one plus one worth of magic to to do with it, but I can make it like flaming or you know whatever. Uh, so so yeah, that is terrifying. Yeah, the only problem is is that my AC is still pretty low. So I am even with my armor and the shield and everything at this level. I just I you know I don't have mm. uh, good like ring of protection and I have like all that stuff. So I'm still I'm probably I don't think. Honestly, all things 
being as they are, it will last very long. Hmm. Um, well, you can get stuff from Nestor, right? Like a cloak, at least. Yeah, the cloak is and- a little bit better, and yeah, I don't really have anything for the AC uh, at the moment. But uh, what a way to go, though. Yeah, Just get a couple hits. Uh, let me ask you this: How are you getting the shield on? Because obviously you have the steel hand, but you're still missing a left hand. Well, I was thinking that we could rig something so just like make the shield a part of his body just like strap the shield secure it to his wrist his mm. forearm like, yeah just like make sure it's secure to his forearm and and you know well it's a heavy shield like right yeah yeah generally speaking a heavy shield is well yeah I mean, you'd strap it to your forearm baron heat his gun up and meld it to your arm if you really think yeah. this is it does uh <laughs> do you need full-blown wish to regenerate a limb or a limited wish I think it's full blown wish. Probably. Doesn't say anything about limbs. I looked from their limited wish. It's hmm. a good question. I mean, what what, what spell Re- would you regenerate? Use is what would well. I will say I'll, I'll allow this, and it's pretty cool. I don't think it's going to give him any mechanical uh, problems. Okay. Yeah, I think it's cool. Ah, just tie it on there, or like really cinch it tight around yeah. um, what's left of your arm. Yeah, but make a little like hook or something so you can like hook into the strap with where his hand would be. Yeah, Just, no. It regenerates too, too high. Seventh arm. level, yeah. yeah. Um, Alright, well... <laughs> Are, are you, how are you doing? Are you, do you need more healing? <laughs> are you ready to fight? I feel pretty good now. I feel way better than I just just a few moments ago. It's like he's putting his like agile armor plate on, and you know he's just like he's like tightening the straps like on his on his on his shield of the leather straps, and just like you know, making sure it's there. He's like boom boom, and he's just like testing his like footwork. He's getting it's just like yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, it's good to see you again, Jimmer. Yeah, you too. Yeah, then. I didn't think I would. Let me allow you to let me allow me to quickly catch you up on everything we discovered. Right. And thirty-seven to forty-five minutes go by, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, now he knows everything. Yeah, um, you kind of came in around the same time as Dalgrith. Were, were those the two figures that were? Oh, no, that was Metra and Dalgrith in uh, Skiergard, wasn't it? Metra and Jimmer walking toward Dalgrith and Baron. Dog oh, guy. that's what it was—the two yeah. dwarves. That's right. Because no, we, no, because Dalgrith and Baron were entering with Pembroke, yeah. and remember for a while, that's Dalgrith right. and Pembroke. Oh, yeah, right, right. I want to see this. Movie. And Jimmer and Metra had just had uh, escaped the battle for Highbury. Right, right. The defeat at Highbury. That's right. Yeah. When the uh, and we were walking. Yeah, we're saying were like, did Jimmer there. ever meet Will? It's just like, oh no, they had that whole like off-screen. Yeah, he saved thing. Him. Yeah. He saved him. It was uh, episode 200. 200, yeah. It's a long time ago. A long time ago. Um, so, I, I mean, I imagine the news of Dalgrith's uh, passing. Oh, right. Uh, it's a bummer. So when yeah. you, how, do you, how do you break that news to him, Metra? Listen, Jimmer. <laughs> Don't even think about it. Matt hasn't even started. Just, just shaking, I'm shaking my head because I know he's going to besmirch the memory of Dalgrith. I just remember when Dalgrith died. The Deathbringer! How dare you? Just everyone shitting on, on Dalgrith for like I know. five minutes. And then Baron had to give like a very impassioned speech. And Joe was just like, thank you. Finally. Thank you, Grant. Finally. All right, Matthew, go ahead. Well, not to speak ill of the dead. <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> but <laughs> Dogrith made a series of poor tactical decisions. And 
not to put too fine a point on it, but he acted very stupidly and now he's <laughs> that is and so horrible. That is very, very and then Metro busts out laughing. <laughs> no, no. So we've met we've lost many of us along the way. <laughs> not so many as stupid as Dark Rip. Jesus right. Christ. I'm going to the restaurant. <laughs> no, no, I kid, I kid. It's good that we can laugh. And on her fourth riff, what did she say? <laughs> no, I said, you know, many, we've lost many along the way, and Dogrith was, Dogrith has fallen. Hmm. There's been too much death. Too much loss to bear. I he was someone I, I had heard tell of his, of his deeds long before I met him. And, and he did not disappoint. And we shall attempt to keep the legend going hereafter. But I hope we have not seen the end of death. Because it will require some, some violence to get out of this alive. Oh, um, so he also, Jimmer definitely wants to know if there's any news of Galabras. Hmm. Yes. Yes, there is. He's awoken. He is well, but not quite himself. He's, even now, I think, working against Brander and Volstus all at once, somewhere out there. Will is just like bright-eyed and excited. I met him at a church in the country, far away. He was secretly moving so as Brenda could not follow his, his steps. Seknavale. Seknavale. That was it. It came to me. <laughs> and he gets just, like his eyes light up, like when you say that he's, he's alive, he's well, he's moving again, he's talking again. And he's just, he just grills Will for every detail about what, what, he, what he saw of him. Yeah. And I think he finally, because that's really, that's his only real motivator, is to save Galabras. So now, now, now though, like having been tortured and everything and being treated the way he's treated and kept in captivity, now it's like he wants some justice for that but above anything he thinks now like like he did before that the way best to help Galabras like we could as, as we talk through this the best way to help Galabras is to help you guys now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and Cyril just kind of doubles down on it and it's like he sent me like when he does his like detailed wrap up when you're grilling him with questions you know by the end of it you just know that like Galabras was there as Will was like Training to like find his way here and get better and get back and retraining his levels and everything. Like Galabus was there, but at a certain point we we separated, we split ways. He with Shael and me with Adriel. He said that we would meet again, but I was to go to the castle. So he could be on his way here for all we know. And he gets real excited, and then he just looks sad after a moment. 
can't, I can't begin to comprehend the path that young man is on now. I just hope I can, I hope I can help him by helping you and taking down this monster. He's not a young man anymore. He has grown. Though it may not be so visible in his visage, he may appear young, youthful, but he has a power about him that is awesome. He he carries a... I can't even explain it, but I know that with him on our side, whatever work he's doing is going to bring us to victory as well. Hard to imagine him the way you describe him. But at least I know of nothing else he'll, he'll do the right thing. Yes, yes, and I could see it in him, Jim, when I got to spend time with him. I could see you in him. The training, the discipline, the respect, the honor. I could see what you had done. He's putting it to good use now. And his lip, like he swallows, like he's trying to hold back tears for a second. Alright, good. Thank you. Now let's do our part. Baron's so pleased. Without smiling, just just pleased that that hope re-entered Jimmer's eyes and that Sir Will sparked it in him, and that he has something besides just rage driving him, but he looks down at the steel hand on Jimmer that's, like, still fusing. Probably the skin is irritated around it still that's red around the base. (laughs) And he just thinks it's a death sentence. It's a death sentence either for Volstice? Everyone who's worn that hand. (laughs) It's either going to kill the person that is the big bad evil guy, or it's going to kill the person, but that's Baron thinks to himself this grim calculus that only an adventure this long it could be, which mm-hmm. is it would be better for everyone to just die than to be trapped in a web without hands mm-hmm. or to be trapped at the top of a castle without legs. Like it's in some ways that's freeing. I don't know. It's a weird thing to think about, but it's things people in those situations probably do at mm-hmm. some points or maybe they block out of their mind altogether, but it's better than being trapped and to feel helpless and defeated. The only way you'll be defeated is by either achieving your mission or not. But it's also, I think there's this feedback loop happening between the hand and and Jimmer right now. Just Mm. like the the rage and the impotence that he's felt for so long. Kind of bouncing off the, the, the wrath, the wrathful nature of the hand and like amplifying itself like as it goes back and forth, you know. So even that like changes him a little bit more and more I think too like as, as he goes through this hmm. Narkram steel hands blood somehow maybe coursing through his veins hmm. what now alright question about this room hmm. the staircase at the southwest hmm. that leads down that leads down you would assume to the throne. room that was the throne room where you fought the fire giants. And the staircase in the northwest is the one we came up. Um, came down. Came down. Yeah. Sorry, it's from the one. Um, so what? 
What's right below this room? It's the room where you fought the fire, the fire giants, giants with the throne. But that was so long ago. That was like when you first found that secret staircase. Yeah. You came up. There was the room with the orcs, uh, the gathering of the orcs. And uh, then there was the room with the fire giants. And then you remember you went through some floors that were non-existent. You know you were making a longer thing. You now realize that was the rooms that were at the cemented up fireplaces. Then you got right. to the attic where you fought the uh, spiders of Lang. Um, so, yeah, where, what do you think you want to do now? Just talk talk it out. I feel like we should pay some attention to this room, search it, detect jewel, detect magic. Um, and then, oof. Are there spots in the castle? We think we, we might have missed a, uh, a, whole, a whole hiding spot for both Volstice and Nalbia. Well, maybe, or maybe just they've not been in the part of the castle that we've been in. Like, we've seen every part of the castle, but maybe they just have been in another part. They're, maybe they're moving around. Yeah. Which, I wonder uh, if they're, uh, like, in the engineering level right now. Yeah, or like, in the throne room. Because we, remember the thing got more violent? Like, the, the flying got more violent? Oh, yeah, true, yeah. I wonder but if Volstice like, can control the castle from his head, his head, head, head Yeah. From his headband. Yeah. I mean... Allegedly, we're being watched. Yeah. So we could request an audience. Mm-hmm. It's true. That's a very interesting course of thinking. And so... I'm, I'm, I'm going to use the... My gloves of silence to whisper messages to you that you can whisper back. If we are being observed in a way that they can see and hear us, and maybe this will help us communicate... Without them hearing everything we say. Where's the best place to ask for a fight, then? I don't think they would say no, Metra, but where? Somewhere enclosed where the dragon couldn't get in. Yes, but they won't agree to that, right? Then somewhere big. Or somewhere where they have no choice but to face us. If we go to the engine room... And threaten to crash the castle. They'll have to come fight us. The bomb, the engine room, or the bomb. Yes. Yeah, I don't think. We, I don't think we. I don't or think we don't have the ability. The bomb to, secret. But we definitely don't have the ability to crash the castle. So long as he has the headband, that's what we we discovered. They know about the bomb. They just they it was there before they. Okay. Well, if they know about the bomb, why did they do nothing about it? Mm. Didn't we learn that they decided it was just too risky to try to disable? I don't remember learning that, but. Am I wrong? Or am I, did I make that up? Um, I can look. You know head. it was risky to try and disable it, but yeah, you don't know. You don't why You know about the dead man switch. Right. Dead man. So it's their purpose. 299. The diadem can control the castle swipe, but it's also connected to a dead man switch. Uh, Renfall would use the orb we found to contact other giants throughout the castle. Da da da. Yeah, remember that room with the crystal ball? You could use, like, you could make announcements. Yeah. It was like a PA that would just oh. go to all the giants. Well, that's one, that's another way we could talk to them. Yeah. As you're standing about Jimmer getting his strength back, trying to decide where the hell to go next, replaying in your mind all the places you've visited since you entered Iron Cloud Keep, nay, Zephyr Hall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You hear a sound 
from outside like a low rumble of a voice. Does anyone speak draconic? Yeah. Yeah. You do? Yeah, Will does. Know thy enemy. And I say that without being sure. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. It would make sense if you could, so go ahead. Yeah, I kind of remember you taking it, but I'm curious. Uh, known languages, who speaks? I feel like I got this. I don't speak any, I don't think. Do I not? I guess I don't. I thought I could. Oh. Nope. Yeah, it's abyssal that he knows because of the world wound. Oh. Demon, demon tongues. Baron, you're staring at it like uh, an SAT question you're not sure about. No draconic? No draconic. I'm just reading old notes from, let me tell you this, episode like 242 where we... Classic. One of we the first found, ones back. We found a room that's decorated. has candles, maps, and parchment. Plans of the giants to attack Belkson and then enslave the orcs into the Storm Tyrant's army in order to take Last Wall and other places. I wrote down Ironcloud Keep? Question mark. The dragons <laughs> are dominated by Volstice and take messages from Ash Peak to the Ironcloud Keep. Notes of a cloud giant named Nalbur. Ash giant named Ulkroth ordered chains. Taiga named Serdasa and someone named Nalvia and Nalbur. And now we know all of all of it. Isn't that crazy? I killed, love a, that. killed a bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah. Ulkroth even showed up in that flashback. That's wild. <laughs> um, as did the chains. Well, since no one speaks draconic, all you hear is this just like, this, I can't imagine what dragons sound like when they're speaking their yeah. own language. Um, I wonder if it's Noxymara. But it yeah. comes in the direction of the open air space where the webbing is. And you see flying through the webbing in a way as if the webbing did not exist at all. Just passing through it, permeating it as if it's not even there. You see a red dragon. What? Oh. What is it, an illusion, the webbing? The dragon flies through into the room. And looks about, sees all of you, continues flying. As it does so, Sir Will, you realize it's Noxymara. It is. <gasps> it is Noxymara. And Noxymara just looks at all of you. Oh, no, she's dominated. As if. Oh, yeah. As if she wasn't expecting you. And her head just starts thrashing back and forth. And she's like, no, no. You fools! You shouldn't have come here! You shouldn't have come here until you finished your mission! Your god saved you, little knight, but they did not serve you well to bring you here before your quest was complete! Your oracle friend... Knew his place. He sacrificed himself to keep me safe from Volstice's ever vigilant eyes. As a descendant of Balgoroth, only my breath can destroy the orb and stop the storm tyrant's attempts. 
to enslave my kind. For the future of Dragonkin, this must be done when the time is right and no one can stand in my way. And she rears up to breath weapon you. <laughs> what? Roll for initiative. Wait, oh, oh my god! What? what? Uh, sacri- there are what so, the many, so many so many problems I have with this. Roll for initiative. We're going long! We're going long! We're going long! Oh, there you go! Going long! So good your lines cause we're going long! Oh, Nick. Going long! Going long, so get your lawyers, cause we're going, going long. long. Baron, what did you get? 34. Almost. Oh, oh, holy yeah. shit. Holy shit. Sir Willibet Keswick. Uh, Sir Will got an 18. 18 for Sir Will. Metra. 25. 25. Ooh. For Metra and making uh, his appearance, his reappearance to the podcast after a long hiatus, Jimmer Hardy, what'd you get? 25 also. 25 for Jim, who's got the high vote? Uh, natural 20 on the initiative roll, so. Oh! I'm a plus nine initiative. Okay, you don't have to brag like that. Heard Skid's feelings. <laughs> Getting ready for a good time. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Skid's feelings are going to be hurt for as long as he can get off a. Uh, an attack with Terminus Essence. I'm uh, excited. <laughs> Noximara is here. She says, you shouldn't have come here. You should have finished your mission. The gods may have saved you, little knight. But where were they when they told you to come here right now to run into her? At least your oracle friend knew his place to sacrifice himself to ensure that Volstis could not dominate. When did this Naximara. happen? This happened sometime after uh, Adriel and Sir Will were flying through the air and <laughs> Naximara appeared to be dominated in that moment. Sir Will fell from the sky, landed on the landing. Adriel fell. You knew Adriel had the ability to save himself, but we haven't seen him since. Now Naximara tells you why. Somehow, some way, Adriel sacrificed himself to ensure that Naximara would not be dominated. She then goes on to say, as a descendant of Balgaroth, only her breath can destroy the orb and stop the storm tyrant's attempts to enslave all dragons. So why is she coming after us? Because if you're here now where Volstis sees everything and sees you talking, she has to appear to be your enemy. Mm. Mm. And in episode 281, we learned about, Bal- which I wrote down as Belgaroth at the time, was, in, it was, was imprisoned by the Orb of Dragonkind. Noximara cannot come within 100 miles of the Storm Tyrant without being taken over, is what we learned in that episode. So mm-hmm. this... And remember, you, Sir Will and Adriel, buffed the shit out of uh, Noximara on the fly-in. Noximara knew where the meteor holes were in the force field surrounding the castle. You flew through there, and you thought everything was going to be fine. Once she got within 100 yards or whatever it is, Volstis knew. Volstis cast the spell. And was she playing 
that she was being caught? Did she actually get caught? Did Adriel do something to save her? All you know is she does not appear to be dominated. But should she just start chatting with you like an old friend, Volstice will know, and Noximara's chance to save her people could very well be gone. A lot of information here I'm throwing at you. And we, we glean that from what she said. That yes. this is that she is she okay, okay. So we run? Yeah. Good to me. Okay. Round one. It is Baron's turn. Baron, in that moment, though you have not met Adriel, I don't know what your feelings are. Maybe you're excited, maybe you're not excited, but there's one last ash peak in the world as far as you know. And now it appears you won't get to meet him. Yeah, it's devastating. Uh, Baron has spent this adventure running away from family that he thought was his but wasn't, and then beginning to develop the sense of a family he was able to choose with the people of True Now that have taken him on as this chief protector. And he's met people like Abria and, and the other adventurers he's become brothers and sisters with uh, along the way. Um, and... Yeah, it's just hard because it seems like it was someone that could be both. Both mm-hmm. blood and a chosen family member later. Someone that maybe, if Sir Will is talking so highly of this person, Sir Will's, you know, sign off on someone. It's like how everyone I meet that's already Skid's friend, I already always like right away. Cause mm-hmm. Skid has like a good sign off. Like <laughs> it's the same thing with Sir Will. Sir Will's like a paladin and a good judge of character. So it's, it's brutal. Um, the Baron has been kind of like hiding that because he's been so mission focused. And he takes that all in and he stares down at the dragon across from him. And as a part of a move action, he will draw his weapon and point it at the dragon mm. and maintain a threatening facade. But he is going to move uh, 5, 10, 15, 20 uh, directly uh, in line with Metra. And he's going to fire at the wall behind the dragon. Twang! Ah, okay, so you step back behind Sir Will, about ten feet away from Jimmer, behind Sir Will and Metra, and you fire off a shot clearly, uh, just to do a show here, um, to see if Noxiamara maybe will pick up on it. Um, it is Metra's turn. Uh, Metra, uh, we'll just grab everybody, and I'm going to Dimension Doris out of here. So, so, as you attempt to do that, roll a will save. Oh, uh-oh. Uh, 25. As you attempt to cast Dimension Door, something happens where you are intending to go one place, which is where? Up, up, up a floor. Up a floor. But instead, you are teleported elsewhere in the castle against your will. Well, is it a compulsion effect? <laughs> <laughs> Auras, baby. Um, is it something that's just futzing with the magic, or is it futzing with her mind? Uh, it's futzing with the magic. And it's probably not a compulsion effect. Yeah, no. Um, wow, I was not expecting this. Okay. So, instead, you are teleported um, to a room that takes you a second to recognize because it's pitch dark. 
Some of you are dark vision, some of you don't. Maybe you get torches open, maybe you don't. But the four of you are standing in this room, and it smells like death. And you realize you're back in the gug pit. What? Whoa, what? In the, in the volcano? No, the gug pit within this castle. The Stranger Things oh, monsters oh, that came out oh, and attacked us. Oh, in that room right. we had to tear open and they had barricaded off and even the giants who lived here before were We were just going to ignore it. We were just going to move around it and then... Yeah, they, yeah, the giants had even cordoned it off. Yeah. yeah. We right. talked to Renfall right outside of it. Right? No, the gugs were the, the de- what we thought were the, like the demigorgons. Yeah, right? they're the, yeah. Yeah. We they're the stranger we, things. Yeah. yeah. We went in. Oh, think. okay. Right. Okay. Sorry. So you end up there in the darkness. Did you guys build a new wall on your way out? I can't remember. Yeah. I feel like we did. I think we did. We walled it off. So you trapped yourself in <laughs> this room. It's Jimmer's turn. Jimmer, this is not what you were expecting. It's not. What do you do? Jimmer. Did you do this on purpose? This is not my intended destination. Where are we? We're in the gug pit. The hell's a gug pit? <laughs> it wasn't fun. Um, I mean, I, we... It doesn't smell fun. I think all of us have dark vision of some kind. What yeah, do, I do. Can we, what do we Yeah, see? we all have dark yeah. vision. Um... Let me take you back to that old map. Okay. You're way over in the corner here. Mm. There's still bodies of gugs laying about. <laughs> uh, I'll delete those. Uh, the, the pit that you made there is also gone. But Yeah, yeah I don't see yeah. a wall. I, I don't think we put it there, but I distinctly remember you guys. I have a memory of it. Yeah. So let's build it here so that people will, will think that they're still trapped in there. I mean, whatever. You're not going to hang out here for very long. So I'm just curious what what you do here as a round passes. <sighs> <Bear. Delay. laughs> well, go, it's it's Jimmer's turn. Jimmer says to Metra, you know, oh, yeah. did Sorry, you mean yeah. to do this? No. She says no. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to do a perception check. Hmm. Uh, 22. 20. Two, yeah, you haven't been in this room. Uh, all the windows are boarded up or covered over. It smells like wine and shit in here. And there's uh, wreckage and splinters and shards of numerous destroyed wooden barrels and glass demijohns all over the floor. Like maybe this is a wine cellar that they just covered up and let the gugs live here. Um, you also know that the gugs were somehow uh, in union with Linaratus. Mm. Okay, I'm, Jay, I'm just going to hold... Just like be on guard. Okay. Uh, it now goes to Sir Will. Sir Will's going to say, um, Jim, no matter what happens, stay close as long as possible. My auras will guide you. Uh, and he's going to reach out and touch Jimmer, and he's going to cast Protection from Evil on Jimmer. Sweet. Just as kind of a reaction. Okay. Protection from Evil on Jimmer. Uh, it now goes to the top of round two, and it is Baron's turn. Uh, Baron is going to uh, cast Longshot on himself in preparation for anything that may happen. Uh, although invisibility also seems juicy. Longshot will last longer. Um, and, I mean, I, I can't really... I don't, I'm don't. i not in combat right now, so I'm not going to call down a judgment or anything because there's really no one to judge against. It doesn't make sense. Baron is in this very uneasy state of yeah. feeling like he wants to fight, but he's not ready to fight and feeling like things are out of his control after we ended up in a place that we were not intended to be, which is something 
Metra doesn't miss, man. Yeah. Metra is Metra doesn't miss. Precise yeah. instrument. She don't miss. Um, yeah, this is the last place that you want to be. What do we What do we do now, Metra? You, you think we should try again? Should we try to move out ourselves? What's next? He's, he's flabbergasted. Well, neither does not only does Metra not miss, but Dimension Door doesn't miss either. That's the text that spells. You yeah. always arrive exactly at the spot desired. So, can I roll a knowledge or canon to see what, what happened? What interfered with our travel? Yes. Noximaro wouldn't have done this, uh, especially if Hadriel had sacrificed himself. Twenty-four. There was some sort of teleport trap on that room that you have to pass a will save. Uh, uh, had you passed the will save, you wouldn't have teleported. You would have stayed right in that room, but still used up an instance of Dimension Door. Uh, uh, but when you fail the will save, you get sent wherever the trap sends you. Wow. Now, I had this happened earlier in the campaign. Say you were like in the middle of a battle in this room or something, and you're down to your last hit points, and you get sent in with the gugs yeah. in the pit. Oh, gosh, now yeah. it's just inconvenient, um, especially because Noxymara, you don't... Baron was trying to set up this situation where maybe we could fake fake the storm tyrant. Look how angry we are at each other. And now you've been sent here. Um, there's no reason to think that this room has the same teleport trap. So if anything, it just kind of throws you off. Off in terms of like what so you're you nauseated for one round. Yeah, you're you're physically nauseated. <laughs> <laughs> we throw up in the gug room and then dimension door back. I had the nauseated condition. Uh, so you, I mean, the worst part for you is that you lose that dimension door, but there are other weird ramifications that you don't know about yet. I mean the the effect that uh, I think the effect we were going for with Noximara was achieved, which was that barren shot to cover our retreat, and then we retreated. Mm-hmm. We didn't want to fight a dragon, but. Well, we didn't want to fight a dragon that said that only that their breath was capable of destroying something. And, like, if they're right, like, we need to... We need to do the job that we... That Noxymar said we need to do first. Just kill the Storm Tyrant? I think so. I wasn't there. I didn't get... I didn't didn't get directions from Noxymar. Well, I mean, I'm just taking it from that last encounter. You were there for that. So, like, that's what I'm kind of reacting to. And Um, what Troyes said to us. So, wait, what are we talking about here? Where to go? Yeah, I want to find and kill Volstice. That's what I want to do now. But uh, the point of those last two rooms was that we'd been to everywhere we hadn't seen in this castle. What is the deal? I mean, we could go to the Crystal Ball and make an announcement. Like, don't send your dragons to do your dirty work. Come mm-hmm. come face us. Yeah. All right. What was your initial plan to go the room above? The room yeah. above. We could just go back to the room above. Yeah. You figure with Noxymara's size, she probably couldn't get up the stairs. It would be, it would take her a second. Or may she may not pursue you because she, she just disappeared. All right, you want to go back up to the throne, the uh, the apartment? Yeah, yeah, the, the the doorway leading into it, not near those stairs. Just go where you meant to take us. All right, I'm going to do a kind of do another knowledge or counter or a spellcraft or detect magic to see if there's any kind of. So you, you you told me there wasn't, but I think Metro would do her due diligence, to make sure we're not going to end up in some random square. Yeah, again. it's fine. I can tell you that you, you don't feel that presence in this room. All right, this should work. Hold oh, tight before you do that. Jimmer is going to like hold on, and he looks at his belt, this the drinking horn at his at his side. Oh yeah, he lifts it up, and he drinks deep from the horn of bottomless valor. <laughs> <laughs> Grows to eight times his size. This is all right. I'm ready. Oh my Actually, god! Is he huge a, now? Uh, he's in large part. He's he's a. Uh, Large. Eight times his weight. Ah, yeah, eight so times. Yeah. So he's large. <laughs> yeah. Yes, large. he's a large, large creature. creature. Okay. Yeah. Actually, why don't we take a round to buff? Yeah, because that'll okay. take me two rounds. So yeah. Sure. You got buffs. You guys got buffs. Yeah, I just want? don't know if we're actually going to fight anything. I don't this either. I'm, I'm just 
I'm rolling the dice. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'd love to get a mirror image off. I didn't mind doing protection from evil just because it's uh, low cheap. level, but I could also do it to Metra, too. I just want to get a mirror mirror image off sure. of myself without having to All use right, great. it. Great. Mirror image. Who's next? Is it me? Or Jimmer, I think it is. Well, he just delayed and then went. Well, um, this is a two full round action, what I'm doing. So, Oh. Okay. So we each get two rounds left before this takes a control. So, uh, God, a lot of the things I want to cast are rounds, so they'll probably go away. Um, All right. So is it Sir Will's turn? Uh, yeah, right now I'm just kind of doing a little free play here to see what kind of buffs you want to do before she teleports here. Free play. All right. I don't like it. Uh, all right, I'll do another protection from evil on uh, Metra. Okay, thank you. And then uh, you tell me what the next thing you want to do is, Metra. I'm, I'm ready to teleport, so once Jimmer uh, finishes all right, growing. so that's his second round he, he does. And what do you want to do, Baron, with your second um, I'll cast Protection from Evil on myself, just so we all have it. Uh, might as well be useful. Uh, and in line. I kind of I wanted to cast Lend Judgment on Jimmer because Skid mentioned his low AC, but yeah, my, my judgment is not active, so I don't... That feels wrong to me, so... Uh, okay. Uh, Sir Will's going to do another one if we can. Uh, he's going to... <laughs> uh, he's going to pull out a potion and drink it. Okay. Should I, do we, should I risk a high-level spell? It would be great to have particular form, if we, but that's only rounds. I was thinking the same thing about stone skin. Let's, let's just get there and we can assess the situation. And right, I'm not going to do the potion. It's rounds per level. Okay. Minutes. Great. Um, all right. Ready? ready? Let's do it. Okay. We go, we go back to the apartment. I put you on the map here uh, in the positions you were relatively in when you were faced with Noxymar, but now Jimmer is <laughs> doubled, or at least on the map, doubled in size. Um, so you are in Volsus's chamber, which used to be Azarth's chamber. You stand there. You listen below. Maybe you hear the sound of wings sound of talking to herself <laughs> but you are alone in this room Metro will turn to the walls Volstice so called storm tyrant stop sending your lackeys to do your dirty work come meet us yourself <laughs> we know you've been listening we know you've been watching it has helped you not at all. We're waiting. You say that aloud, wondering if perhaps Volstice can hear you. And you receive a response. But the response is not from Volstice. It is from a voice which is now familiar to you. Oh, no. That Oh, no. Does she not know the blood of the dragon and the blood of the naga flow from the same source? For centuries, their ancestors have ruled the sky above as well as the land below. 
Volstice knows their might, and that is why he has chosen to dominate their kind. But your ally, Noximara, has chosen poorly to try and deceive him. She is not worthy to fly beside a Kazareth, and a creature of her vast intelligence should have known that no simple ruse can fool the almighty Volstice. And you see coming up around the stairs, invisible <laughs> to everyone but you, blinking in and out of existence, Linaratus, and she stares right at you. You can hear her, the other three of you, but you can't see her. And she says, and you four, you may have left a trail of blood throughout this castle and a mountain of bodies throughout the armies of Volstice, but new, more powerful armies are being raised to serve him. Armies of creatures you cannot even imagine. Why, I alone could step into your humble city of true now and lay it to waste. Imagine what thousands of my kind and even those more powerful than I could do. Creatures such as these are rushing to Volstice's banner as we speak. Do you not see? You cannot stop the inevitable, whether your allies be this soon-to-be-vanquished dragon or this one-eyed warrior whose true purpose has now been made clear. The Crusademon Dizelki tortured him within an inch of his life, took his hands to try and find out his place in all of this. His mind is as strong as his body to have withstood what we did to him. And yet now he stands ready to fight. But I am done toying with all of you. Your weapons may have gotten you this far, but they will fail. Your magics are useless, and I have tethered your enemies to this plane to avoid your sorcerer's tricks. Yet now... You think you can trick the future ruler of the world? Your time in this world ends here! All enemies of the Storm Tyrant shall perish! And we'll see you next week! Oh, God, yes, oh, son of a bitch! Oh. I think we should each get a speech next week, too. Everybody you get the right one. You get a speech! You get a speech! You get a speech! You get a speech. Oh, man. I am gonna fuck this naga. (laughs) She threatened True Now. That was her last mistake. Don't mess with True Now. Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at patreon.com slash glasscannon. The Glass Cannon Podcast is a Glass Cannon Network production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Giant Slayer is copyright 2015. Giant Slayer and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.
Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to Counterclock now, wherever you listen to podcasts.